Welcome to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, brought to you by Visit Anderson, South Carolina, home of beautiful Lake Hartwell. The Rapala family of fishing products, including VMC hooks and 13 fishing rods, reels, and more, and the Bass Angler Sportsman Society. Now, here's your host, lifetime BASS member, Tom Abraham. Welcome to this week's episode of Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. I am Tom Abraham, your guide for the next hour as we feature the Bassmaster Elite Series and those looking to get into that exclusive group through the St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series and the up-and-comers on the Strike King Bassmaster College Series and the tens of thousands of Bass Nation anglers around the country competing on the local level, all with a chance to advance to the big leagues of professional fishing. Now, the Bass Nation operates youth, high school, and college programs, including a junior Bassmaster Championship, high school national championship, college national championship, and the college bracket event, leading to a Bassmaster Classic birth. The Bass Nation is at the grassroots of who we are. And for more information about how to become a member or to start a Bass Nation club, visit Bassmaster.com and click on the Nation tab. Now, the best way to communicate with the show is to visit our Facebook fan page at Facebook.com forward slash Bass or on Twitter at Bassmaster and use the hashtag Bass Radio. You can also listen to all the shows at Bassmaster.com forward slash radio or just hit the Anglers tab at Bassmaster.com and click on Bassmaster Radio. Our first cast segment of the show is brought to you by 13 Fishing and we have a great deal for you right now. The Gerald Swindle Design Meta Series Rods and Inception G2 Reels are available at 13fishing.com along with all their other great products and for a limited time you can get 20% off your entire order by using the discount code BASSRADIO20. That's BASSRADIO20 only at 13fishing.com. Now I fish these rods and reels myself and could not be happier. Get 20% off with the code BASSRADIO20. Of course this is the final show of 2023 so it felt like a good time to do a year in review show including interviews that we did this season with the classic champ Jeff Gustafson who went back to his old stomping rounds at the head end of the Tennessee River to win on the same spots that he won an Elite Series event there a couple of years ago. Although this time it got a little dicey on the final day, but Gussie got the hardware and we talked to him immediately afterwards. In the season-long battles, the AOI went to Kyle Welsher, who did it without a blue trophy. He showed great consistency throughout the season, and Joey C. Fuentes won twice on the Elites and may have been the AOI had he not faltered in South Carolina, but he did take the Rookie of the Year. You'll hear our discussions with both of those guys as well. And to wrap up the entire season, our final guest of the year is Kyle Jesse with thoughts on an epic season and a look ahead. But let's get it going with Joey C. Here was our visit. And now we bring in as uh, the winner of the ROI. I think I'm going to have to send you like a, a union check or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd love to have that. Yeah, this has been awesome. It's been a great year. I appreciate you having me back on. It is a great year for you. And, uh, you know, overall, just talk about the overall year itself, because, I mean, not only were you uh, winning the Rookie of the Year, and it was a battle to win the Rookie of the Year. You had to sweat it out a little bit with Koyo Fujita, and if he had won the tournament, he'd have won Rookie of the Year. But you won two tournaments. I mean, it seemed like, and it wasn't like you were a dog in the other ones. You know, you were 11th at Champlain. You were, uh, you know, you had the win at uh, St. Clair. Um, you made every cut, you know, of the season except for Lake Murray, I guess. Um, but I mean, this is, it's just, uh, and you still had to fight that guy off. Yeah. So he, uh, Fajita, Kyoya, uh, I can't say his name very well. But anyway, phenomenal angler finished the season strong. You know, it was a very stressful uh, last three tournaments. Um, especially the last two and the last one, particularly on the St. Lawrence was, was he was coming hard, fishing strong. And then another top 10 is fifth top 10 of the year. So, um, it was a grind. I was stressed out, mm-hmm. <laughs> very stressed out as you could imagine. And, um, you know, uh, I'm proud of myself for sticking with my gut fishing, you know, what I know there on those lakes and, and grinding it out and, and having good enough finishing to steal the deal and take this thing home. And it was a great class of rookies. I mean, you know, when you think about the guys who came in with Brian Smith out of California, Cooper Gallant, Will Davis got a win this season. Uh, I mean, this was a really, really strong class of rookies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, Cooper, Bryant, Kyoya. Me, Will Davis wins. I mean, we have four tournaments this year, one by rookies, um, strongest rookie class. I think they said, you know, it's just, it was, 
it was a battle, man. Uh, it was a grind all season. I, I set that as one of my goals is to win this thing. And I was fortunate enough to pull out a couple wins and, and get it done. So it was, it was a fun year. Yeah. The cowboy Joey Cifuentes with us here and, and you finished fifth in the angler of the year. I mean, you were sniffing around angler of the year all, all season long and, uh, and, and took a peek at it. I I'm doing the research on it. I'm trying to find, I don't, I don't think I don't know of a rookie. I can't remember a rookie finishing any higher than what you finished in the Angler of the Year uh, standings. You knew the Rookie of the Year was there as well, but uh, how focused were you on the on the Angler of the Year, especially after you get the win at St. Clair? Yeah, I mean it was in my it was in my thoughts for sure. Uh, wanted to wanted to after St. Clair, I wanted to try and make me a couple top tens. Um, and, but man, hats off to Kyle Wilcher. He, you know, Brandon Cobb too, and all those guys up there above me. I mean, they just, they came in strong there at the end of the year to close it out. And, um, it, it, it wasn't as much on my mind, but you know, it was something, I think rookie of the year was more so a, a goal for me because it seemed a little more realistic, but, um, Hey man, looking forward to the future and get, having another chance at it. Well, I imagine that you're looking forward too to the uh, Bassmaster Classic, uh, which will be at Grand Lake. Uh, not too too far for you. Uh, you're an Arkansas guy, but that is uh, that that's got to be a body of water that you have some familiarity with going in. Yeah, absolutely. I fished several tournaments on that lake. Um, it's only about four hours from my house. So, you know, I, I and it kind of matches up similar to some of the lakes I fish here in Arkansas. So I'm really excited about it. Talk about your fishing style, because I mean, you're originally out of Florida. Uh, you live in Arkansas now you're, you're, you know, you got the ranch, you're out there doing that. Um, but you're a guy that, that was extremely versatile. You won up North and you, and you won down South. I mean, you won at Seminole and you won at, uh, at St. Clair. That says something about your versatility. Yeah. You know, here in Arkansas, we get, we get a lot of versatility. I mean, we have, you know, the Arkansas River and some of the Oxbow Lakes and stuff where you're fishing shallow power fishing, fishing grass. Um, so I, I get to really do a lot of those different things. And then you come up here around where I live and we've got deep, clear lakes and mm -hmm. we fish for smallmouth. So, um, you know, growing up in Florida, too, I, I had a spinning rod in my hand a lot of times. And, and uh, that was kind of the first thing I learned. So, I mean, I, I just have confidence in and, and being versatile and, and doing everything. So uh, it's just worked out for me. Now I'm originally from the Finger Lakes area and fished the smallmouth up there. And then of course, I've been living in uh, Tennessee now for the last uh, 17 years or so. And in Alabama, it, it's different, the smallmouth though, isn't it? I mean, you talk about the Arkansas smallmouth and the smallmouth that you see, you know, on Lake Ontario or even at St. Clair and so on. It seems like that's a different animal. They react differently to cloud cover and sun and so on. It, it, it just, it, they just seem different. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not even close to the same. Um, you know, they still bite really good here. Mm -hmm. Um, just like they do, they're just as, as aggressive, but, um, they they just the, those bodies of water are just completely different they do different things and different bait and um so but you know my little my experience that i've had fishing up north and at those places have really helped me out yeah no doubt about it joey c fuentes with us rookie of the year finished 17th uh out of clayton um you have been mostly a river fisherman though when you've gone up there not a lot of experience on the lake but i would imagine when you saw some of those smallmouth when you catch those big ones up there they look they look so freaky i mean I, somebody walked through the living room i had it on and they're like why are they catching carp and i'm like it's not a carp it's a it's a smallmouth bass that's, a, that's what they look like up there they, they there's uh, they seem to be as tall as they are uh, long it's a different uh, it's certainly a different looking fish when you catch those yeah if you watch uh, the first day on live i caught a six and a yeah. quarter and i saw the fish and i said I said, man, look at this prehistoric beast. They just look like they're so fat. Their faces are chubby. I mean, they have fat in, in, in places that you don't normally see. They're, and their tails are so thick. And I just, man, they're, they're an awesome creature. Um, and I love catching them and looking at them. And I, I can't wait to go back up there. <laughs> He's the rookie of the year, Joey C. Fuentes. Uh, over $340,000 in winnings this year. I mean, really a solid, solid season. I mean, there are guys, you know, Kyle Welsh is your angler of the year, and he has yet in his career to win a blue trophy. You got two blue trophies in your first year on the Elite Tour. It's really not this easy. You do understand 
that, right? I mean, you talk to Gerald Swindle. He's a two-time angler of the year. He's still looking for his blue trophy. It's really not this easy, Joey. Yeah, I know. I've, I, I mean, I, I get it. I've, I've <laughs> been fishing for a little while now. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, you have your down years, your good years. Um, and uh, I, I understand that. Bass fishing is a humbling sport, but... <laughs> Um, we, we had a good year this year, and, and I'm going to try and do my best to keep it rolling while, while things are hot. Incredible consistency, really, all season long, even in, in some of the opens. I mean, you know, you were sixth, I think, at Bugs Island against 225 guys. You know, so you showed that uh, all season long. Uh, the St. Lawrence River, you were 16th uh, as well up there. It was kind of similar bags that you had in the two days that you fished at the uh, St. Lawrence at the St. Croix Bassmaster Open there uh, just a, a few weeks before, right? Yeah, 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 similar, but, you know, those those fish up there on the, I mean, St. Lawrence River, man, um, <laughs> you know, they you got to have that 24 to 26 pound bag. So that's just mm-hmm. kind of a different class when you get there. The best, best fishery in, in the world, in my opinion. I bet you were glad you were in that big Phoenix on that heavy water though, right? I mean, I, I mean, it just took care of you out there and keeps you fresh. Yeah. I mean that, that boat, oh gosh, it's, it's just, it takes the wave so good and you can trim that thing down when you're in that rough water. I pass people in really rough water all the time and it, it doesn't beat my, you know, mm-hmm. beat me to death. And, and I could trim that thing down and, and really pass some folks out there when it gets rough. Cause it just sucks it up, soaks up those waves. Um, it's just a phenomenal riding boat. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm in Phoenix, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Joey Cifuentes has been our guest. Joey, congratulations on a great season and uh, we'll look forward to more great things coming up. Yeah. Sounds good. Appreciate you having me on. Right, thank you. Coming up next, our discussion with Kyle Welsher, who won the AOI. That's on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro, Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me, it's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Five fish for 22 pounds even, becoming a two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year. Hi, I'm Gerald Swindle, Bassmaster member. I don't care if I'm in California, Oregon, or France. If I see a bass sticker in a window of a truck or a car, I got something in common with that person. Why don't you come join me and you be a member? Get these free gifts when you join today, a $50 value. Go to Bassmaster.com slash join and become a member of America's leading bass fishing organization. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G-Man. This is the same gear Gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at Lake Fork last season. Look for them this spring. The 2024 St. Croix Bassmaster Open Series is set to be the biggest ever. From increased payouts for the pros to Bassmaster Live coverage of Championship Saturday for all nine events, the 2024 season promises to be great. The top nine EQ anglers will once again punch their ticket to the Elite Series, and event winners earn a berth in the 2025 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic, providing they fish to three events in a given division. And for co-anglers, this is the best value in all of fishing. $475 to fish two days with a pro, and you are 
are competing only against other co-anglers for a tremendous prize purse as well. Registration is now open, but you have to act fast to get your spot locked in. This year's schedule will take anglers from Florida to Minnesota and many great destinations in between. Plus, the off-limits restriction has been reduced to two weeks, so you don't have to lose much time on your home waters. For more information on the St. Croix Bassmaster Open schedule and registration, plus payouts and other key information, just visit Bassmaster.com and click on the tournament tab and then select Opens. See you on the water. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now it's time to talk to our Angler of the Year. And i, I got to be quite honest with you. I've been a fan of this kid since he uh, came on to the Elite Series four years ago. And a couple of years ago, I said, look, this guy's going to win an AOI. I just felt like he had that in him. Almost won a Bassmaster Classic a couple of years ago. Um, and now he is the Angler of the Year for 2023. He is Kyle Welsher, and he joins us now on the VMC Hook. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you, champ? I'm doing great, doing better than ever right now. Since, uh, like you just said, we finally pulled off a, a big win. It is a big win, uh, not just for the hundred grand, but for also to have that that Angler of the Year title. And, and you know, it's always a debate: what would you rather have, a Bassmaster Classic title, which you almost had, finishing second a couple of years ago at Harwell, or a Bassmaster or an Angler of the Year uh, title? The Angler of the Year is so important because it's not just three days; it's it's you know nine tournaments, and in your case, making the cut each and every week. That consistency paid off. Yeah, definitely. You know, and if you if you ask anybody who's in the tournament scene, you know, the classic, like you said, is fifteen fish. Mm-hmm. The you know, AOI is the entire season, you know, as many fish as you can catch, twenty seven different days if you make all day three cuts. I mean it's it's so much more of a hurdle to do it. So for me, the AOI is the trophy in bass fishing. And I got to be honest with you, um, a couple of years ago when I said that I thought you would win an AOI, that you had that kind of a game, I didn't just pull that out of my head. Gerald Swindle was 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 one that kind of put that in my head as well. He had uh, he has been a big believer of yours, and you know Gerald with two AOIs still does not have that blue trophy, which is amazing. Now you're only four years in, you haven't gotten your first blue trophy yet, but you've got this first uh, AOI. But it's got to be comforting that to know that you have the support of guys like that and. And, and really a lot of guys on tour. Yeah, you know, big time. You know, those kind of, those guys kind of motivate me because when everybody who believes in me makes me want to just work that much harder to not let them down, you know. And I think me and Swindle think the same and fish the same. So I think whenever me and him talk, he understands that I do a lot of stuff like he does. And if he was able to win two AOIs, I think he thought that I'd be able to do it too, you know. So, I mean, we fish – almost identical actually the way we run around and and all that type of stuff so i mean i think that's what he saw was that me and him are very similar you know yeah um everybody knows about your past now you know as a uh, a professional poker player as well and i play a little bit of cards myself and it seems like one of the things that you applied this season which is when you look at the consistency of your year is that like in like in poker, you know, sometimes you just got to keep folding and folding and folding and just wait for the right time and, and just kind of keep your stack in front of you and, uh, you know, and then pick your spots. You know, when you're going, you can't be going all in every week and you, know, you just can't do that. You're going to you're going to bust too many times. It seems like that's the way you fished this year, um, making sure that you were making cuts first and then taking your shots when the openings were there. Yeah, you know, that was kind of my motto going into this year was stay productive. And what I meant by that was every minute of every tournament be doing something productive. Didn't I never really wanted to take any huge risk and try to swing for the fence and come in with two fish. I just I always wanted to just make sure that I was staying productive and getting bites and generating bites. So that's definitely how I fished this year. I didn't want to take the big risk, you know, and I've I've took a lot of big risk in the past, you know, mm-hmm. fishing, and seems like they just don't pay off near as often as they should. Now, you did a little bit this past week at the St. Lawrence. I mean, it looked like you were kind of drawn to an inside straight or something. You decided you were going to go a long way, and then and, and day one on Thursday, I mean, it was miserable. I mean, you're out there fighting. The big, I grew up on the shores of Lake Ontario. I know what that thing can get like, and, yep. and you, 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 made, you made some long runs, you know, coming off of uh, your middling results, you know, from Champlain and from, uh, from St. Clair, and uh, it was a close 
close deal between you and Brandon Cobb going into this final tournament, and and you went all in with that one. You know, uh, heading making a long run to a place where you had just stacks of five pounders. Yeah, well, to me, I felt like um, the risk was really staying in the river because in the river you're just as likely to catch 16 or 17 pounds as you are to catch 22 or 23 pounds. Mm. So I knew that if I got to the lake and I got to my spot, I was going to catch low 20s at a minimum. Like I felt like if I got out there, I was going to have 21 or 22, even if I only had an hour and a half to fish. Mm -hmm. So the risk was, to to me, it was a bigger risk for the tournament and for AOI to stay in the river. But it it was dangerous and scary, and me and my cameraman were praying you know, the mm-hmm. entire way out there and back. But as far as the fishing goes, to me, it was a no-brainer to go out there. Yeah, and luckily the uh, the weather got better and better throughout the week. And then, and of course, day four, you were a contender to win this tournament. And then day four, you have the mechanical issues. What Do you think any of that was related? It was an engine issue. It, it, any of that related to the pounding that you were taking, going, making that long run? Or was this something that could have happened, you know, fishing in a river where there's, you know, where it's never rough? So I'm not really sure, but I would say, yes, it, it, it almost certainly has to be related, mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day that I would never, I wouldn't change anything. I'd go back and I'd go back out there again. You yeah. know? So that's just, I, I've got the best equipment in the world. You know, it's just, it takes a beating throughout the course of a year. I fish a lot. I fish really hard. I'm, you know, we went to St. Clair, which it blew, it blew every single day. Then we went to Champlain, and we had, it blew every single day. And then we went to St. Lawrence, and it blew every single day. So, I mean, it was the last three tournaments, the boats were under a lot of stress, and, you know, they took a beating. So. Yeah, uh, and helps you out. You were able to snag his rig and still go out and get 20 pounds on the final day. I mean, you must have been fishing free and easy. You knew you had won the angler of the year. The 100 grand is in the hopper. Um, you know, whatever happens here. Of course, you had an opportunity to win another 100 grand and win the tournament. Um, but Atkins shows up. He, uh, You swap into his boat, and, uh, and off you go. And then you still come up with 20 pounds in a very short period of time. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the best things about the Bassmaster Elite is we're all friends out there, you know, and he definitely came and bailed me out and let me run his boat down there. And I mean, 20 pounds is, is good, but, you know, especially for the time frame that I did because I caught, you know, I didn't get to fish for very, very long. But if I, I had 20 pounds, 7 ounces, and if I would have had 20 pounds and 11 ounces, I'd have got 100 pounds in a century belt. So mm-hmm. a little bit of a short day kind of hurt me there, but shout out to Justin for helping me out and letting me at least be, get to fish for, you know, close to three hours. Angler of the Year, Kyle Welsher, our guest. And then uh, full disclosure now, we share sponsors with 13 Fishing, Rapala, and the Crush City line that Rapala came up with uh, as well. And uh, first, 13 Fishing Ways, you talk about, you know, your gear and everything else having to be um, solid and make it through because there's so many different things that can happen during a season. That 13 Fishing gear is it's just amazing, um, you know, how sturdy it is and how it held up all year long. Yeah, it's, it's done absolutely phenomenally. I mean, from Okeechobee, all the way up to, you know, Lake Champlain and St. Lawrence River. I mean, just on opposite ends of the spectrum. And everywhere we've been throughout the entire year, they have everything that you need for every application, and it holds up. And, I mean, that new comp drag they've got for these spinning, re- or spinning reels, mm-hmm. phenomenal for these really big smallmouth. I call it a 6.8, a 6.9, and probably eight or nine more over five pounds over in St. Lawrence River, you know, and that comp drag dude just blows me away every single time yeah that has been a great uh innovation they you know let be honest 13 fishing was never known for its spinning reels you know uh, the bait casting reels right. the rods and everything else and they came out with these new spinning reels that are just absolutely outstanding and what rapala um the crush city line came out to the public this past summer you've been fishing that stuff all season long uh you know for a year and it and 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 man i'll tell you what those products have been outstanding and and look i you know say what you want this is your first year fishing a Crush City line, and you're the angler of the year. It it, it can't not be somewhat related. You know what I mean? Got to be, yeah. I mean, I, a ton of fish this year I weighed in, you know, on the Crush City products, you know. I've thrown, like, I know mine and your favorite is the cleanup crawl. But yeah. I go up north in smallmouth, and, like, almost every fish I weighed in on St. Clair was on the, the BLT. And then Champlain caught some on the BLT, and then St. Lawrence, you know, 
call someone the BLT. So, I mean, they got a lot of baits for a lot of different applications, but they're good. They're really, really good. Yeah, no, it is good stuff, as uh, is Kyle Welsher, the fisherman. Now, uh, as the angler of the year, you were 10th in the angler of the year standings, I think, back in 2020. I don't know what the heck happened last year. I mean, it was just weird. You know, whatever happened last year, some of that is just dumb fishing luck, I guess. Some of it was, and some of it was bad decision-making, wasting time, you know, stuff like that. But it definitely definitely had a little bit of, you know, misfortune, things that just didn't work out perfectly, but also made mental mistakes and wasted some time on the water and stuff like that. But I'm not – I don't look for excuses. I look for things that I did wrong so I can fix them. You yeah. know? So I thought about that a lot in the off-season, exactly what I did wrong. And what, what I came up to was – I wasted time, and I made some bad decisions. That's why I went into this year with the motto of stay productive, because I was thinking about last year and my mistakes. Yeah. Kyle Walsher has been our guest. Uh, My good friend Neil Paul spent a day with you marshalling, and uh, and he had nothing but good things to say about uh, what a great time it was to watch you work. And and, uh, and we knew this was coming. Uh, Now the next thing that's coming, Blue Trophy, maybe a classic uh, title. I mean, it's all ahead of you, and uh, you got a long career, I think, ahead of you as well. Congratulations on being, I'm winning your, I'm going to say it this way, your first AOI. That sounds good, and I appreciate it for sure. That was Kyle Welser after he won the AOI back in August. Coming up next, we'll go all the way back to the Bassmaster Classic and our conversation with Jeff Gustafson right after he won it right here on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Squarebells, and the Shad Rap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high-quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinnerbaits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com and start catching more fish. Tom Abraham here for my friend Brian Hamaker and his team at North Alabama Mortgage. Look, buying a home is the biggest purchase you will make in your life, and it can be a bit intimidating, so you want people that can help walk you through the mortgage process and get you the best deal possible. That's what North Alabama Mortgage does, and they do it in Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida, from first-time purchases to refis, conventional, VA, FHA, and USDA loans. They have the solution at North Alabama Mortgage. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com to learn more. That's NorthAlabamaMortgage.com. There's so much to do, see, and experience in Anderson, South Carolina. Plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to Lake Hartwell. Boating, fishing, hike and bike the nearby trails, experience some history, and after, enjoy the numerous restaurants, shops, and experiences Anderson has to offer. Visit Green Pond Landing right there on Lake Hartwell. Perfect launch point for pleasure boating, fishing, kayaking, or just a nice walk beside the water. Come see why Anderson is called South Carolina's Bright Spot. Check it out at visitanderson.com. That's visitanderson.com. John Cruz and Missile Bates have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Baits to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Baits. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Baits is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to MissileBaits.store to learn more. That's Missile Bait Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. And welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio, and our special year-end, year-in-review show. And, well, let's go back to an exciting Bassmaster Classic that was won by Jeff Gustafson uh, right there at the head end of the Tennessee River uh, in Knoxville. This was our conversation with Gussie right after the win. Gussie, congratulations. Welcome to the show. Oh, man. I'm uh, I'm still kind of at a loss for words that <laughs> this happened, and I'm pinching myself, and we, I had some friends that drove home with us. We finally got home late last night, and, uh, you know, we, we kept looking at that trophy in the, in the truck over the last couple of days on the ride back, and, I mean, just pretty much j- just looking at it and giggling like this actually happened, and it did, and it's a bit amazing. 
Yeah, and and of course you were carrying a, I say carrying the weight of an entire country because I mean we, we now have four Canadians on the elite tour and and all very very good fishermen. This is your second win now, um, and first Bassmaster Classic. But do, do you really, as it's going on? I mean, do you really feel that? I mean, and, and, and is it what has the reaction been like in Canada? I mean, is this something that was picked up as a national story around Canada that Canadian Jeff Gustafson has won the Bassmaster Classic, the Super Bowl of bass fishing? Um, yeah, I mean, over the last couple of days, I've done several radio interviews with some in some of the big centers, um, you know, Toronto and mm-hmm. Winnipeg, which is our sort of closest city to where we live. And um, yeah, no, I felt the love for sure. And uh, during the event, I mean, I, there's a lot of people up here that love bass fishing, a lot of good anglers. Um, and whenever any of us, like Chris or Corey or I and Coop now too, um, when we do well in a tur- in an elite tournament, um, we get a lot of support and we feel, we hear it and uh, we know about it. And uh, I don't know that I had extra pressure because of that. I mean, I'm, I think I've, I'm fairly good at um, when it's, time to be you know tournament hours i go out there and just try and do my job and not you know obviously sunday was as high of pressure situation as i'm ever gonna be faced with in my life and uh i i, I was i had the shakes for a lot of the day i mean i really did i've never experienced that before and uh it was i was nervous i would uh, you know i there was a lot on the line and i knew it was going to be a hard day and um it it, uh, it worked out. I mean, the first day, everything just went absolutely perfect. I caught them quick and pretty easy. And the second day, it, the plan worked. I got my five keepers. But this, it was hard, a lot harder than it looked, probably, for people the second day. Um, and, and I only had a couple of spots. Like, it, it, you look at the weights in the, you know, the first two days, like, it, everything looked really easy. But it was, it was harder than it looked. And, um, and then on sunday that that was you know obviously very visible to everybody but uh some by some miracle it uh my two fish i caught were enough <laughs> and we got to bring that big beautiful trophy home so yeah it was amazing yeah now when you were practicing was it a lot of just looking at them or or did you because you know smallmouth can be finicky that way and as you say you know we'll get into the details of, of what happened on sunday and how the weather changes and so on but but throughout the three days of official practice you know take us through that a little bit um you know were you sticking a lot of fish or were you just kind of looking for schools yeah, no. So when I got there, obviously the first place I went to look at was the canal where I caught them last time. And I, right. I get there and it's like, there's more fish in here now than there was in 2021. Like this is, this is unbelievable. And then, you know, it got pretty busy. A lot of the guys were checking it out. And then Saturday morning I got to the ramp for the second day of practice and there was a big tournament going on. And that canal was getting just blistered by, a lot of people in that tournament. And at that point I realized no one's going to win the classic in this canal. It's just getting too much pressure. I felt like, uh, I could hopefully take a, a couple of few fish out of there, you know, but I, you weren't going to be able to like do what I did last time and just like catch a bunch. They just were hard to catch. You'd mark quite a few of them, but they were really hard to catch. And, uh, and then I started to head down into Teleco and look and look and look, and it didn't feel like it was anything was going to be, you know, like you were going to find anything. And then all of a sudden I drove, I, I noticed a little bit of rock on my side imaging, turned around through the trolling motor and dropped my bait down. And it, the bottom just came alive. And there was, I mean, I don't know how many fish lots and they were big ones and easy to catch. And I caught a couple of them. And left. And then a few hours later that afternoon, I found another big school. Um, same deal. Just saw a little bit of hard stuff on the bottom and uh, dro- dropped a bait down there. And all of a sudden, all these fish disappear. And, um, and then the, f- the final day of practice, the Wednesday, I, I, I went down there again and looked all day. And I didn't really find anything good. I, fa- I caught a few, found a couple, but not like these big schools, like on these two spots. And then you know, from Sunday when I found the fish until Friday, it was a long time. And, and the weather was, you know, it was cold when I found them. And then by the weekend, it got hot. Like it was, it was hot. And I think 
there was less fish there, but there were still quite a few. And, you know, they're probably all gone now. But I think if the tournament would have been a few days later, I probably would have not been able to do what I did. And if it was a few days earlier, everything would have went a lot easier than it did. It was just, uh, I got pretty lucky, like, with the way everything sort of ended up where I could, I was able to still catch some fish and, and uh, you know, obviously have some success. But it's uh, it's funny, like, that's sort of your luck factor in these tournaments sometimes. Like, you just got to get a few little breaks to go your way, and I certainly did um, over the weekend. Classic champ Jeff Gustafson with us here in Arapahoe Winter Circle as we talk about his great win uh, at the Bassmaster Classic. And all right, so take us through, educate us a little bit because you're a guy that you spent a lot of time guiding as well. I don't know if you'll guide as much uh, in the future as you've done in the <laughs> past, but you like educating people. So when you say looking, I mean Teleco, it's still a big body of water. Is it just strictly looking, you know, slowly idling around, looking at the uh, at the electronics, or do you first look at the mapping and say? okay here's a point here's 20 feet of water let's go see if there's rocks on the end of that point there's, there's something that gets you started before you start looking at the electronics um n- not so much i mean i i more mostly just get out there and pick here i'm going to start here and work out you know for a few miles up this side you just kind of go with the flow like i don't i don't do a ton of like pre scouting before i go to these things you mm-hmm. just and, and neither do most of the guys that I sort of travel with and roll with. I mean, you, you just, you got to be pretty nimble out there. Like when we go to these venues and, and for these elite tournaments or the classic, um, you got to just it, like the conditions for the few days that you're there are more important. It's more important to fish those conditions than go there with preconceived notions of, you know, I can look at a map and quickly break it down if I feel like I've learned, I know something, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so no, the looking around on Teleco was just, yeah, like start on this bar and go and look at every point and piece of structure and look for just, you know, I had the hummingbird side imaging rolling all the time and just looking for something different. And the, the, the unique thing out on Teleco is that there's not a lot of stuff on the bottom. I mean, it's a lot of plain, yeah. I don't know that it's mud or sand, but it's just a lot of plain nothingness and that made it where if you found a little bit of rock or something that was different and unique it was there was a good chance it was going to hold some fish and it was just hard to find it though i mean uh so i I got lucky and found a few places and then the other thing that made it time consuming was like you had to go and kind of put a bait down there to see the fish too you wouldn't just idle around along and and just see them all stacked up like you might with large malls at Gunnersville or Pickwick later in the year when they get out there, you know, it was just these, the small malls were really glued to the bottom. And, but if you put that jerk shad down there, um, they would show themselves real quick. And then you'd, you'd know if you were around a good spot or not, that was kind of, but it was time consuming. Cause you almost had to go to every point and, and idle it. And then like, eh, nothing really looks good here and just carry on to the next one or like, Oh, that, there's a little bit of rough stuff there. There's a rock there. Put a couple dots out, go drop a bait down. Um, and you know, it just, it was time consuming and it was just, it was hard to find fish. Um, there, they weren't on very many places, but these couple spots I found were, were really good and, um, and it paid off. But I think that's sort of, a lot of guys went to Teleco to look for them and spent, uh, you know, some of their practice doing that. But, um, I think I learned a lot last time when we were there when I won, just that the fact that uh, that smallmouth program existed there, that there was a lot of big fish and that they, they, they liked being around the rocks and they liked my Z-Man jerk shed. And uh, it, it, you know, it was, I, I went to the, this tournament um, before I even got there. The one thing I did know was that I would fish for smallmouth and try to make it happen somehow, some way. And I stuck to that, that program and, and it, mm. and it paid off. That was Jeff Gustafson right after his win in the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic. A very popular win it was for sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap it up with Kyle Jesse. We're going to go back and look at the year that was and kind of take a peek ahead at another exciting year that's coming in 2024. It's all next right here on Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network. Mm-hmm. 
At Phoenix Boats, everyone has a passion for bass fishing. From the founder and Elite Series Pro Gary Klaus, down to the guy who affixes the final decal. Gary says, this passion has shaped our lives and it has brought about many of the fishing features that you see on the Phoenix today. Our goal is to make every boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction for our customers. When I toured the plant, it was clear that Phoenix uses only the highest quality materials and that the craftsmanship was second to none. I'm Tom Abraham, and I too run a Phoenix boat and am extremely proud to carry the Phoenix logo on my gear. I've known Gary Klaus since he started the company, and what he, Teresa Johnson, and the rest of the team at Phoenix Boats have created is truly remarkable. The highest quality boats, built by anglers for anglers. This isn't just a saying, it's a passion at Phoenix. View the entire lineup at phoenixboats.com and get started on yours today. Take it from me, it's time to experience the Phoenix difference. Hey gang, Tom Abraham here for my friends at 13 Fishing. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn that two-time Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Gerald Swindle, had teamed up with the crew at 13 Fishing to build the ultimate rod and reel series that combines quality with a price point that works for all. The result is the metal line of rods and the Inception G2 line of reels designed to the exacting standards of the G-Man. This is the same gear Gerald bagged over 100 pounds of fish with at Lake Fork last season. Look for them this spring. John Cruz and Missile Baits have done it again. This time they have teamed with Hog Farmer Baits to bring you the Spunk Shad. This bait can be fished like a swim bait or as a trailer on your favorite bladed jig. And now they are available from Missile Baits. Also new this year is the Magic Worm, which did some serious damage on tour last year. They could just call that one the Moneymaker. Missile Baits is also home to the classic D-Bomb, the Baby D-Bomb, the Quiver Worm, and one of my favorites, the Destroyer and Baby Destroyer. Go to MissileBaits.store to learn more. That's MissileBaits.store store. Tom Abraham here for my friend Brian Hamaker and his team at North Alabama Mortgage. Look, buying a home is the biggest purchase you will make in your life and it can be a bit intimidating, so you want people that can help walk you through the mortgage process and get you the best deal possible. That's what North Alabama Mortgage does and they do it in Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida from first-time purchases to refis, conventional, VA, FHA, and USDA loans. They have the solution at North Alabama Mortgage. Visit NorthAlabamaMortgage.com to learn more. That's North Alabama mortgage.com there's so much to do see and experience in anderson south carolina plan your next outdoor adventure with a visit to lake hartwell boating fishing hike and bike the nearby trails experience some history and after enjoy the numerous restaurants shops and experiences anderson has to offer visit green pond landing right there on lake hartwell perfect launch point for pleasure boating fishing kayaking or just a nice walk beside the water come see why anderson is called south carolina's bright spot check it out at visitanderson.com. that's visitanderson.com. Rapala is one of the most respected names in all of the fishing industry. The finest balsa wood baits with the best action, the DT series, the Brat Square Bells, and the Shad Wrap are all legendary. But did you know that Rapala also makes high quality rain gear and every kind of fishing accessory you can imagine? Plus, under the Rapala family of brands, you'll find VMC hooks and terminal tackle, suffix mono, fluoro, and braided lines, terminator spinner baits, jigs, and frogs, plus the Storm Arashi line of baits. Learn more at Rapala.com. That's Rapala.com and start catching more fish. Welcome back to Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Now, here's your host, Tom Abraham. Now, welcome back, Phoenix Boats Bassmaster Radio. Final segment of the show. And, uh, well, you've heard from the Classic Champ. You've heard from the AOI Champ. You've heard from the Rookie of the Year Champ. And now we're going to talk to Kyle Jesse from Bassmaster.com and get his thoughts on the season that was in this special year-end edition of the show. And we'll peek ahead a little bit, too, because it won't be long until everybody is showing up at Toledo Bend for the first Elite Series event of the year. And even before that, we'll all be congregating at uh, Okeechobee for the first uh, St. Croix Bassmaster Open event of the year as well. So looking forward to that at the end of January and the first week of February. And uh, Kyle joins us now in the VMC Hook. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, I feel honored. I guess potentially going to be the one. 
to be interviewed. So this is uh, this is fascinating. That's right. Yeah, you. This is the last interview of the year in year whatever it is now. I think we're closing in at 320 or 350 or however many episodes of Bassmaster Radio, and it's been such a joy to do. And of course, we were renewed again for 2024, so we're looking forward to a, a great year there. But what a year we had this past year! You know, going all the way back to the classic, we kind of started it out, and and, and I replayed all those interviews from those uh, big events. But the classic. I don't know that we can have another classic in Knoxville if we're going to fish the same body of water because Gussie just, it's an ATM machine for him right now, but it did get a little dicey right at the end there on the final, on the final day when his fish kind of went away. Yeah. You know, after day two, it looked like he was just going to run away with it. Uh, almost one of those days where you're like, well, you know, we got to do it by formality, but, uh, I think we all know how this is going to end, but it just seemed like kind of a disastrous day for him there on the final day. And, uh, made for a really interesting weigh-in. Uh, like I said, one that I don't think anybody saw coming, but certainly a, uh, a fun final weigh-in. And I, I'll be honest, between uh, Brian Schmidt, uh, Scott Canterbury, and Drew Benton, obviously really close, all those guys combined, I was like, if somebody's sandbagging just a little bit, uh, we might have a different champion than what we all expected uh, after day two. It was kind of funny, too, because there were different guys trying to duplicate what Gussie was doing. And they just couldn't do it. Um, there was some success in there in the, in the canal area between the two lakes. But it, it, it really is amazing that you can put a guy like Jeff Gustafson right alongside other guys trying to do the same exact thing and not have the same exact results. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it just goes to show you just guys' strengths in general. I mean, I think we see that a lot. Um, you know, when it's, when it's shallow power fishing tournaments, when you keep seeing, you know, the same handful of names up there, it's not that other guys aren't good at doing that, but uh, you know, some guys' strengths are just that much stronger than other guys trying to, to duplicate the same thing. And I think, you know, for Gussie, it seemed like he was so comfortable doing that, having won there in the Elite Series just a couple of years prior, uh, and obviously being a technique that he's he's talked openly about being one of his favorite techniques and something that he does so often. So um, not surprising that he was able to outfish everybody, but certainly uh, plenty of hammers there around him during the, the you know, during the event. Kyle Jesse was talking about the year in review and you know uh, I think we all picked we had that show that we did you know previewing the upcoming year and um, I think most of us had Jeff Gustafson at the classic we had some other guys that we talked about angler of the year though I was all in on Brandon Lester man I thought my neighbor was going to have a big year and it was an uncharacteristically bad year for Brandon Lester and he did not get it done but Kyle Welsher did uh, without a blue trophy just an incredibly steady year what was a bigger surprise that guys like uh, you know Lester and, and Polinek and some of the others had tough years or that uh, Kyle Welsher uh, kind of came out of the blue and, helped, and beat back uh, Brandon Cobb and Patrick Walters a couple of Carolina boys uh, to win this thing you know I, I don't know which one's more surprising uh but it is funny how that works i mean obviously you look at guys like brandon lester and some of the guys that missed the classic this year obviously there's there's some really big names and then you look at the year that kyle welcher had and just knocked it out of the park one year after he had the worst year of his uh you know professional career right uh, came off of his rookie season everybody thought he was going to be you know the next big thing and and uh, you know that second year maybe put some doubts in people's heads of, uh, you know, what the consistency looked like. And then Kyle comes back this year and has the year that he does. So uh, it just shows, it just goes to show you, you know, even the elite of the elite, you know, have down years. Uh, it's happened to the best of them. And, you know, I, the thing about guys like that, like Kyle Welcher, um, Brandon Lester, all the guys that you named, uh, it's hard to keep them down for super long. So uh, if I had to guess with somebody like Brandon Lester, I'm sure he'll come back, uh, stronger than ever in 24 you know and the thing amazing thing about uh Walsh's season was he 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 doesn't have a blue trophy uh he had two top tens but he had like five top 20s and and that was the the deal and his two worst tournaments were a 41 and a 34 or maybe a, a 40 yeah i think a 41 and a 34 uh on the season so he made the third day cut every single week of the season and that amazing consistency is what got it done for him uh going to show that you don't necessarily have to hoist the blue trophy to win the angler of the year yeah, no doubt. I mean, the consistency, obviously, uh, is such a big thing. Uh, when you look at that, there's been guys that do that, you know, in, a, in previous years. Um, a lot of times, not even the angle of the year, but just to make the third day of every event, mm -hmm. um, irregardless of, of winning the AOI or not, is really, really hard to do. 
uh, obviously you want to be taken taken off on uh, on day three because that means you're you're getting paid and having a chance to um, you know gain extra valuable points and then uh, try to make day four. So to make every cut in itself is super super impressive. But uh, like you said, those numbers that the Kyle Welcher put up this year were so so impressive. And then there's a guy who put two blue trophies on the mantle, and Joey Cifuentes ended up fifth in the Angler of the Year standings, but he won the Rookie of the Year. And I, I two blue trophies. Um, I can't think of a better year, more competitive year for rookies than we had this year. I mean, these guys were amazing. Now Joey had made some money; he was just under the cut amount that he had made in previous uh, other uh, tournament circuits. But I mean, he comes in and in his rookie year makes three hundred and forty-two thousand dollars, and it just had a you know had a had a great year, and uh, and he was in there you know potentially for for angler of the year. He almost did the double dip. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing is if you look at the Angler of the Year leaderboard, and I don't have it up right here, but the amount of rookies that were in the top, you know, 20, 30 anglers was was uh, was just an alarming amount. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, to, to speak on Sefuentes' season, you know, it was crazy after Seminole, uh, myself being in Arkansas, and, you know, I've, I've known who Joey Sefuentes is for a long time, but didn't know him personally, like never really had the chance to even talk to him. But after the Seminole win, he was just so shocked because, you know, he was like, you know, my entire career has been built off being consistent. You know, I don't have a ton of wins, like even locally, just fishing uh, BFLs around Arkansas or smaller tournaments. He's like, I'm just not typically like the guy that goes out and wins. And then for him to do it twice, you know, once in the second event of the season was impressive as it was, but then to turn around later in the season and do it again. I mean, just a, just a really, really incredible season. And what a start to, you know, your elite series career. Yeah, it's it's almost impossible to look. You know, if he doesn't open the season, uh, you know, he gets the win at Seminole, right? And, uh, you know, he's 19th at Okeechobee, gets the win at Seminole, Seminole, and then it goes sideways with him for a couple of, uh, of, a couple of weeks in South Carolina. South Carolina killed him. I mean, he was 92 at Murray and 58 uh, at uh, Santee Cooper. If he's just middle of the pack, he's your AOI. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. I, I I kind of forgot about that. You 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 know ended the season on such a high note. You forget about the uh, the two tournaments in South Carolina, but even just the the Murray tournament alone, if he'd just done fiftieth fiftieth, made the cut in that tournament, it'd have been really close. So yeah, um, yeah that ninety ninety anything is uh, definitely a killer uh, to a guy's season. But um, you know helps a little bit when you've won two tournaments and had had as much sustained success outward of those two tournaments as he did. Kyle Jesse with us from Bassmaster.com. All right, finally, in the last minute or so, um, gosh, we got to be excited for the way this Elite Series uh, sets up with the two tournaments coming in Texas to kick things off, and then after the Classic, two tournaments in Florida a little bit later in the year, and then uh, Murray, and then a couple in Alabama, a couple in New York. I love the flow of this uh, circuit this year. Yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, you know, obviously not starting the season in Florida adds a different dynamic. Uh, the two tournaments in Florida being in April, I think, is going to be super unique. Uh, then you get two tournaments uh, in the south, more or less in the summer, early summer, of course, but uh, definitely unique. It's not. It's definitely got a different flow than, than uh, previous seasons. I think that a lot of guys I, I had heard talking about uh, you know, the, the desire to go fish in Florida in a month other than, you know, February, uh, which, you know, we don't see a whole lot on any pro pro level, but um, something to look forward to. I, I think that the schedule top to bottom is really, really good. And it's going to be a fun one for sure. No doubt about it. And uh, Kyle Jesse has been our guest and looking forward to all the new stuff that we see every year or two at Bassmaster.com. You guys do a tremendous job there keeping that site fresh and the new member site has been outstanding this year as well it's all good kyle uh happy new year and uh we look forward to chatting again obviously because it won't be long before we'll be making out our team for the uh rabble of fantasy fishing and getting ready to lock and load for the new year absolutely uh i'm looking forward to it a ton already looking forward to next year and uh as always i appreciate you for having me that's kyle jesse all right, that's going to do it for today's show. If you missed any of it, just go to Bassmaster.com, click on the Anglers tab, and you'll see Bassmaster Radio right there. So until next time, keep those lines tight and nets heavy. I'm Tom Abraham, and this is Phoenix Post Bassmaster Radio on the Bassmaster Radio Network.